Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello again, I'm John Gidley, and welcome to another trip into the football attic. Today we're going to talk about the short but highly productive career of running back Gale Sayers, who passed away this week at the age of 77. On the surface, the Kansas Comets' career numbers may not look spectacular, especially compared to the statistics of who we consider the greatest running backs of all time, Jim Brown, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, etc. To appreciate Gale Sayers' career, you have to do a deeper dive into game-by-game stats, highlights, and stories of adversity. After three productive seasons at the University of Kansas, including a 1962 game against Oklahoma State in which he ran for 283 yards, Sayers had a choice to make. He was taken with the fourth overall pick of the 1965 NFL Draft by the Chicago Bears, and was also the fifth selection of the AFL Draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. Given the opportunity to play for legendary coach George Hallis, Sayers chose Chicago. His first two NFL games were underwhelming, but in Week 3, playing the eventual champion Packers in Green Bay, Sayers introduced himself to pro football. Despite a 23-14 loss, he totaled 184 yards with two touchdowns. Two weeks later, in a 45-37 win at Minnesota, Sayers scored not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns, all of them coming in the second half. Trailing 23-17 in the third quarter, he caught an 18-yard pass from quarterback Rudy Bukic for his first score. Fran Tarkenton then ran for a touchdown to give the Vikings the lead once again. Sayers responded by catching another touchdown pass from Bukic, this one from 25 yards out. Minnesota scored yet again on a four-yard run by Tommy Mason. Now trailing 37-31, Sayers took the ensuing kickoff 96 yards to the house, putting the Bears ahead to stay. Just for good measure, he later tacked on a 10-yard touchdown run, his fourth and final score of the game. After scoring in four of his next five games, Sayers ended his rookie season with a bang, beginning in Week 11 at the Giants. In a 35-14 win, Sayers ran for 113 yards and two touchdowns. The next week, in a 13-0 win at the Baltimore Colts, he ran for 118 yards and a score. These were both great performances, but both would pale in comparison to what he did on December 12, 1965. That day, the Bears hosted the San Francisco 49ers at Muddy Wrigley Field. The first points of the game came in the first quarter, when Bukic threw an 80-yard touchdown pass to Sayers. In the second quarter, Sayers scored twice more on runs of 21 and 7 yards. If that wasn't enough, he ran for two more touchdowns in the third quarter, one from 50 yards out, and another coming on a one-yard plunge. By the midway point of the fourth quarter, the game was well out of reach, with Chicago leading 47-20 to and Sayers having scored five touchdowns. But he wasn't done yet. Fielding a punt from the 49ers' Tommy Davis at his own 15-yard line, Sayers weaved through every San Francisco defender, got blocks from his fellow Bears, turned on the afterburners, and raced 85 yards for his sixth touchdown of the game. The final score was Chicago 61, San Francisco 20. 
Sayers accounted for 36 of those points and finished with 336 all-purpose yards. Perhaps the most amazing statistic of his performance was that he ran for four touchdowns on only nine carries, meaning that he scored every other time he ran the ball. In the next week's regular season finale, Sayers came back down to earth, only totaling 157 all-purpose yards and a single touchdown in a home loss to Minnesota. When all was said and done in 14 games, Sayers totaled 2,325 all-purpose yards with 22 touchdowns, all as a rookie. Naturally, he won Offensive Rookie of the Year honors from the Associated Press, but he did not win Most Valuable Player. That honor instead went to Jim Brown, who had less all-purpose yards than Sayers, but nearly equaled his total touchdowns with 21. This would turn out to be Brown's ninth and final NFL season, before suddenly calling it a career at age 29. Gale Sayers never again had a game that resembled his clinic against the 49ers, but then again, no other running back has. Despite scoring only 12 touchdowns in 1966, 10 less than in 65, he actually totaled even more all-purpose yards. Here are some of his game totals from his sophomore season. 241 in a Week 7 home win over Los Angeles, including a 93-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. 202 the next week in a Monday night loss at the St. Louis Cardinals, 237 in a Week 12 home defeat of Atlanta, and 339 in the last game of the year, a home win over Minnesota. You think 2,325 all-purpose yards in 1965 was a great season? How about 2,498 in 1966? This would be the year he won MVP, right? Unfortunately, he came up short yet again. Instead, the MVP was Bart Starr, who led the Green Bay Packers to a win in the first-ever Super Bowl that season. Despite just 14 touchdown passes, Starr only threw three interceptions all year. In 1967, Sayers began to show slight signs of regression. After all, he had just totaled over 4,800 yards in his first two seasons. His total yardage in his third year dropped to 1,689, but he scored 12 touchdowns once again and turned in a classic Sayers performance in a Week 12 game in San Francisco against his old punching bags, the 49ers. He ran for a touchdown and returned both a kickoff and a punt for scores, finishing the day with 233 yards and three TDs. On November 3, 1968, Sayers ran for 205 yards and added 46 yards on a kickoff return in the Bears' 13-10 win at Green Bay. The next week, playing at home against San Francisco, Sayers was tackled by the 49ers' Kermit Alexander and tore his ACL, MCL, and his meniscus all on one tackle. A devastating injury like this would end the career of the average player, but as we know by now, Gale Sayers was no average player. That offseason, he completed a strenuous rehabilitation program with the help of teammate Brian Piccolo, who would replace Sayers in the starting lineup. Piccolo would die from cancer the next year at age 26, and a story would be made into a TV movie in 1971, Brian's Song, starring James Caan as Piccolo and Billy D. Williams as Sayers. In 1969, Gale Sayers defied all odds. He overcame his crippling knee injury from the year before and led the NFL in rushing with 1,032 yards. Naturally, a performance like this earned him Comeback Player of the Year honors. Unfortunately, his post-injury success could not be sustained. He only played a combined four games in the next two seasons and retired in 1971 at age 28. He had already made his presence felt in previous years, however, and this was confirmed in 1977 when he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame at age 34. He is still the youngest inductee at Canton. Luckily, his legacy has lived on, thanks in large part to NFL films. A lasting clip of Sayers looks to have been filmed in Los Angeles, prior to one of the four Pro Bowls he participated in. Sayers is kneeling on the field as the camera quickly zooms in on his face. He looks into the camera and says simply, Give me 18 inches of daylight. That's all I need. 
Thanks for joining me for this trip into the football attic, and I hope to see you again next week. In the meantime, check out all the other great podcasts here on the Sports History Network and follow me on Twitter at JFG Sports. Until next time, this is John Gidley. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history, but as far as I'm concerned... We're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment, you know, that can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website, seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at Sports. HistoryNetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you gotta do, head over to SportsHistoryNetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.